Hello, and welcome to Kanarin's Sound of Play 172.
Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. And uh, just two weeks ago, we had our big Halloween special, which, you know, after doing one of those big uh, one of those big special episodes, I usually take the next week to uh, do a, a solo show, request type show, you know, something that's a little bit easier to uh, to put together. But but no, not this week. No, you can't stop the sound of play machine as much as you may want to. We keep going. We keep we keep gaining momentum. We have a guest today on the show. Not a guest, a regular, I suppose. This is uh, Leah Haydu. Yeah, hi. Uh, you could have made things easy, but instead you picked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it was uh, maybe we kind of um, buried the surprise there because we opened with a persona track. I'm so... contractually obligated to bring <laughs> a persona track anytime I'm on Sound of Play. Uh, yeah, this... Uh, <laughs> so I kind of knew that I wanted to bring a persona track, but I thought this one had been featured before. So I, I scoured the um, the gigantic document of, uh, mm-hmm. of Sound of Play songs. And uh, to my surprise, um, I, I figure we're probably not going to do another... Uh, persona special because we've already had one of those and it was great uh, but that was before persona <laughs> 5 came out so um, there are just all Let's these get a couple great more tracks. persona games out there yes. that we can talk again <laughs> I, and I'm all for that uh, but uh, yeah so that was uh, that was rivers in the desert from persona 5 uh, and it's one of the um, kind of centralizing around one of the bosses that you fight in eight in an appropriately desert ish area and um, I just I love persona music and and I, I know I say this every time it comes up, but if you had told me that like the kind of off center J-pop was what would really strike me about game soundtracks, I would not have believed it. But uh, I really like this one. I generally like persona music. You know, it's 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 very good. I like off center J-pop, as you say, <laughs> like video game soundtracks are really kind of my only peek into that world. Yeah, me I mean, too. It I... exists and I can do research at any time that I want to, but uh, you know, it's just not not something that I tend to make a priority, but I do love it when it comes around. Yeah, and there uh, there there are two games being released in the West. I, I think that they're being released in the same time at the UK as they are in the US. But um, there was a um, a Persona dancing game that came out a few years ago mm-hmm. that I absolutely loved, and I have a platinum trophy in it because I just went way down the rabbit hole and there are two more coming out in a couple of weeks that had uh demos that dropped on the ps4 uh in this past week and there's a remix of this song in the persona 5 one there's a persona 5 and there's persona 3 centered dancing games uh the other one was of course persona 4 and uh yeah so i this has been on my mind ever since i played those demos uh you know even more so than persona is already uh kind of always on my mind but uh yeah, playing through those demos, and now I, I'm very excited to have uh, two more dancing games with a bunch of really good remixes uh, on them, because I'm, I'm very into the rhythm games as well as the Persona, so this is a kind of a nice mix. Yeah, of course, that was uh, a couple years back. That was Persona 4 Dancing All Night mm-hmm. in 2015, I believe. And uh, then the more recent ones are Dancing in Moonlight and Dancing in Starlight, which I'll forever prefer their Japanese titles of Dancing Moon Knight and Dancing Star Knight. But yes. it's, uh, yeah, I guess they figured like proper English. That's what anime fans want, right? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you can tell by some of the lyrics in, in some of the songs. <laughs> it's OK. Yes, the, the Japanese the Japanese uh, titles, I, I think, have more charm, but uh, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. The, these are the if if the uh, games adhere to what I liked about the uh not only the uh, Persona 4 dancing all night, but also the the demos, which uh, the thing about the demo that really got me was uh, I was playing the one for the Persona 3 dancing game. Um, and I honestly cannot remember which one's Moon and which one's Star, but uh, it was the Persona 3 one. I think Moon is Persona 3. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was playing uh, the Persona 3 one and just the sounds from the menus are so good. They are so on point from Persona 3 that they just kind of tweaked that center of my brain that 
is, I guess, devoted to Persona and only Persona <laughs> at this point. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the uh, the story modes and the you know every everything that they kind of add in there. They're they're very fully featured games. They're not just you know a, a, your your straightforward rhythm game, uh, although they are pretty good as rhythm games. Uh, so looking forward to that. And uh, I just the Persona Five soundtrack in general. I I love and will keep bringing back probably. There you go. One of those legendary composers. And uh, speaking of legendary composers, let's move on to uh, a piece from Austin Wintry, the Grammy nominated for the uh, uh, soundtrack to Journey, um, the really storied composer. Yeah. Really surprised me when I found this in his discography. This is a (laughs) a piece from Leisure Suit Larry Reloaded. So Journey to Leisure Suit Larry, that's not a uh, transition that many uh, composers make, but Austin Wintry pulled it off <laughs> yeah that's uh i i don't think that i would have expected that uh not not that it's <laughs> not that it's bad certainly but um yeah i coming off of as you said journey uh especially uh which is a, a really great soundtrack um this this one kind of uh kind of surprised me but it's a uh, it's a neat um I, i've never played a leisure suit larry game um but this mm-hmm. this track um just judging from the the title uh, um it, it's neat that this starts with some more kind of a retro sound and then mm-hmm. goes into an orchestration um that's that's always a trick that i like well trick trick is maybe a little dismissive but it's a it's a a thing that i like uh, a method that i like uh when it's pulled off well as it is here yeah this is a piece called larry larry reloaded it is kind of a throwback to the original because the larry, leisure suit larry games go way way back mm-hmm. in in video game history uh i've never played one of them myself either and so I'm, i can't like speak from a huge level of authority on them but uh you know they're just kind of like wacky little sex comedy point and click adventure games uh which uh i don't know it, it seemed kind of charming <laughs> i it's i say this a lot um and, and i have a friend at work who who teases me about it because i say this about games and about movies and tv shows it's it's not that i'm avoiding it it's just that i have so much other stuff and i have right, i just exactly. haven't gotten there <laughs> so um but yeah it's it's i mean it's held on for this long for a reason i guess people uh really do like at least some of the entries in the series um so yeah mm-hmm. The thing that I like about this piece of music, as you mentioned, is it kind of swaps between the old chip tune type sound and what sounds like live instruments. I'd, I'd imagine that they are uh, mm-hmm. at least mm, some live instruments in there. And uh, it's, it's such a stark transition, but it really, uh, I don't know, it gives a good jaunty feel to it. And uh, it brings Leisure Suit Larry into the new age. <laughs> Excellent. So let's uh yeah, let's hop on this 2013 track from Austin Winterius's Larry Reloaded. Back to some more chiptune type music. This is a request from the forum from Retro Clarence, who says, I'm a new co-host of the Retro Asylum Game Club, and the current game is 720 degrees on the C64 in honor of the late Ben Daglish. He was the composer. While I can appreciate the technical wizardry behind the main theme, to be honest, it starts to grate after a while, and I found myself reaching for the volume button. However, the high score theme is a joy to behold. I often linger over inputting my name. The game is frantic and tough. 
and hearing this thumping victorious piece seems like a fitting reward for a game well played. This is High Score by Ben Daglish from 720 Degrees, not one that I have uh, any experience with on the Atari system too, but uh, it's, uh, I like this, uh, this classic, uh, classic music and the, yeah, that, that old school sound. I have not played this uh, this one either, but I do have uh, some fondness for the C64 and uh, a lot. It was one of the first consoles that I sort of owned. I had a cousin who had a Commodore mm-hmm. 64 and a lot of pirated games. Um, so <laughs> I, I had experience with it that way. It eventually kind of came to me, but by that time it was almost broken. So things didn't quite always line up right. And it, and I, I don't think I got much more out of it after that. But um, yeah, w- especially when I was younger and visiting them, I, I have a lot of fondness for uh, these kind of tracks. Yeah, very cool. I, I just love the sound of it as well. Yeah. You know, there's something that's very kind of harsh and scratchy about the C64 mm-hmm. music, which I really like, which doesn't sound like a compliment. But, you know, I think Every sound has its its place and uh, compositions can uh, make it work for them. So sure. I always appreciate it. Let's listen to High Score by Ben Daglish from 720 Degrees. <laughs> to a very, very recent piece from something very old. This is a piece from within the last month or two, I believe. Uh, I came across this soundtrack in a, uh, as I was putting together some of the end of the year stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, listening to uh, some of the music. And uh, I I really liked this one, but I don't know that much about the game other than just like the broad strokes of what it is. So why don't you introduce Time Spinner to us? Sure. So Time Spinner is um, a very, very Castlevania-inspired game. Um, it is that that Metroidvania style. Um, the story is a little bit different. You um, are a character who is the um, the Time Spinner, um, which is uh, a person in like this um, this society, uh, and they have you know one of them at a time, basically, who when bad things happen to their village, they travel back in time to basically stop it from happening, which kind of erases their past, but makes it so that nobody, uh, no catastrophes essentially happen to the, uh, the characters um, that they are there to defend. Um, I haven't gotten to the end of it yet. I'm actually currently playing this, uh, and I, I have about an hour's worth of commute every day on the train, which means that I play a lot of things on my Vita, and this is one of them. I, I think that this would actually be a little bit nicer on the PS4 or the PC, um, just because some things like the map come off as very tiny, and I have not found a way to really expand those or to zoom in or anything okay. like that. Um, but it does run pretty well, and I'm still having a really good time with it. Um, it is very, very much like Symphony of the Night, um, and and I think you'll hear that in the piece for one thing. Um, it, it is very reminiscent of that. Uh, the map looks a lot like it. Um, you go back and forth between two different, um, they aren't castles in this case, there are some sections that are in castles, but two maps, um, one in the present and one in the past that you, um, you know, that, that are very similar, but will have things uh, that you can alter in one that will change in the other, plus, you know, differences that have happened over time. Uh, and you uh, gain familiars, you gain um, new abilities that you can use to traverse around. So, you know, it's, it is broadly one of those type games. But if you like um, things like Symphony of the Night, if you like things like um, that, that style of game, then this is one that is done very well. And I'm having a good time with it so far. I believe it was a Kickstarter originally. I'm, I think you're right about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I, I have never actually supported a Kickstarter. Um, 
it's just not something that's ever really uh, happened with me. But um, I'm glad that this one came through because I do like it a lot. Very cool. This is called Masquerade of Hedonists by Jeff Ball from Time Spinner. I do love pieces with a uh, strong harpsichord focus. Yeah, you That's don't get enough one of my favorite things. <laughs> Lots of that on the soundtrack from yes. what I've heard anyways. Yes, very much. Well, another track from the forum. This comes from Mr. Green TOS. I really dig the unique way 
of how the score for The Suffering was made by using homemade instruments and injecting sounds to the tracks that would match up with the situation in the level. For example, in the prison level, they used struck metal bars, slamming a dumpster against a wall, violent metal scrapes, and bowing of metal rods and compression of the creature's voices to distill fear in the player. This is a really cool track. Uh, This is called Prison is Hell by Eric Aho. And it's from The Suffering, which I have zero experience with, but I love the... I mean, mean, it's basically just like a percussive track uh, almost entirely, but the sounds are so like crunchy and so hard that like it's a really... really hard to ignore <laughs> yeah it, it's very industrial it almost gives me a um kind of a silent hill vibe um uh, not yeah yeah th- there's you know like the silent hill that is you know loud and industrial and not like the one that is more quiet and mm-hmm. you know moody necessarily but um but yeah this it it, it gives me kind of I, I have not played the suffering either but it seems like something that i would probably like i don't know how well it's aged um it is uh, a little bit older but um i i dig kind of the horror genre in general and this seems kind of like an action horror from what i know of it so i i think that i would like the setting if maybe i i don't know about the gameplay because i i don't know much about it but um just from what i know about the setting and the the tone that kind of this song strikes i i think that i would probably like it i i wonder if it is backwards compatible on the xbox Mm. something to look for Maybe. That's a good question. Yeah. And of course, you'll notice in the show notes that I've uh, capitalized is in prison as hell. That is my personal <laughs> pet peeve because is is a verb. It is not an article, a coordinating conjunction or a preposition. And so every oh, time that life is strange comes <laughs> up, it always bugs me that people don't capitalize the I in is. But uh, while I'm the host of this damn show, I'm capitalizing <laughs> is. so Duly noted. <laughs> Not something that I have ever found that I have especially strong feelings for, which is weird <laughs> because I have a lot of English background. So you would think that I would have a stance one way or the other. But I don't know. That one's just never not not, not a pet peeve of mine. Well, let's see if we can get it under somebody else's skin. <laughs> great, great. See That's if people start noticing it around now. <laughs> now I will. Anyways, let's get to this super crunchy, this very, uh, very dark and bleak and aggressive prison as hell from the supper.
is reminds me of like Saw. You know, I think that's another. Yeah, there that's, we go. Yeah, Saw would be or the Stomp musical. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Taking another direction. It's gosh, if you combine those, that would be very dangerous. Someone's <laughs> someone's gonna lose a toe. I don't. I don't know. Uh, that's right. You have. Uh, <laughs> You're placed in this, this dark bathroom and you have a saw next to you and you have to make music out of it somehow. Otherwise, <laughs> they won't give you the key. Uh, starring Carrie always. Let's make another hard shift in tone. This is a very upbeat and lively remix of a track from Bomberman. Uh, the original Bomberman, as far as I can tell, Ooh. although I couldn't track down what the original track was. I imagine it sounds pretty similar to at least like the first few bars of this remix, which comes from Overclocked Remix. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I didn't spend that long looking, and so I probably could find it, but on uh, YouTube at least, which is usually a really great re- resource for video game soundtracks, yeah. I couldn't find uh, the original Bomberman soundtrack. So I don't know. If anyone knows the original piece, I'd at least be curious to hear it and go ahead and pass it along. Um, but this is called Chip Trip by Chuck Dodgers. It's an Overclocked Remix made back in 2001. One of the older ones. Um, yeah, and it's a piece from Bomberman. It's, it's nice and cheery, nice and uh, upbeat. Um, I don't have a ton of Bomberman nostalgia. You know, I play the games when they're convenient, but uh, I, I never go out of my way for a Bomberman. But uh, do, do you differ, Leah? Are you a Bomberman fan? Not really. I think I'm kind of on the same level as you are. Like, if it's if it's there, uh, I will play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's, it's not something that you necessarily want to play by yourself most of the time, I would think. Uh, But it is a good party game. I'm bad at it, which is probably why I don't play it uh, a a ton. But uh, I I do enjoy it when I do play it, but it's not something that I I really seek out. I I thought we had, amongst the Kanan Rins crew, I thought we had a Bobberman fan, but then then I thought about it a little bit more. I I may be thinking of Bubble Bobble, which I know Leon is very, Mm, uh, very into. I thought we had somebody who really enjoyed Bobberman man but maybe that's something that i'll have to research on my own well i know when i was uh when i was a little bit down on the newer bomberman bomberman r or something like that i don't remember on the it was a switch the switch one launch title yeah um i don't think that went over especially well yeah although i think that they have patched it pretty significantly since its original launch but i remember uh i think it was leon and mckeel kind of uh, usual suspects for these older games uh kind of stepping up and defending the the bomberman uh formula so i don't know maybe they maybe they're fans maybe they're just casual fans like us but uh anyways there's some bomberman music from overclocked (laughs) remix this is chip trip
moving now into a piece of music that uh, uh, nothing against it. I don't like this piece of music because of the association I have with it, but the piece of music I recognize in and of itself is a good piece of music. So we are, we are going to play it and I hope that you all get more out of it than I do. (laughs) But uh, this comes from suits from the forum. Glowing recommendation here. (laughs) I know I hate to be down on, especially recommendations from the forum. I, you know, I recognize it is a, it is a good piece of music. It is evocative, but uh, I'll go into my story after this. We're allowed to have different opinions. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I thought this was a very compelling piece of music from a moment in the game. Disaster strikes at the start of the game while the story unfolds. I thought the tone set the somberness of the moment very well, and the instrument choice matched the atmosphere and the locale of the tragedy. This is from Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask on the 3DS. This is called Mont d'Or Carnival Night by Tomohito Nishira. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned, this game isn't one of my favorites. I played this while I was still pretty new to the 3DS, and uh, for the longest time, and even still when I sit down and just have like a dedicated 3DS session, I try to play with the 3D on mm-hmm. um, because I just like it. I mean, it's neat. It's nothing like revolutionary, but it's it at least gives me something new experience-wise. And um, I don't know what it was about this game's... I don't know if it was the 3D or maybe I just played it for too long in one sitting once, but like whatever it was about this particular game is that it gave me a headache with like my first time playing the game. And then it's one of those things where you always have that mental association. And so when you go back and play it, even with 3D off in a comfortable environment and short sittings, you kind of get that feeling again. It's very Pavlovian. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, uh, I, like I remember when I was a little kid living in Canada once, uh, there was nothing in the house to snack on except for like those Triscuit crackers. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing on, TV except for Yogi Bear Marathon and so just ate Triscuits and watched Yogi Bear which neither of which are like hugely enjoyable experiences and I just kind of associated that miserable afternoon with both of those oh, things no. and it just uh, you know and so it kind of tainted both of those and so I feel kind of the same way about Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask. <laughs> Professor Layton in the Miracle Mask is like Triscuits and Yogi Bear. I wow, that's not not uh, my Professor Layton experience has been way less um, dramatic. I guess I no, I I did I have played this. I actually in general I really like the Professor Layton games. Yeah, um, yeah. there were a lot of them. Now I have not played all of them, but I have played there this one. Are. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure what exactly I which one I'm up to. This one uh, I played. Within the past couple of years, because it has been on my train commutes, um, I, I don't generally play with a 3D on uh, with a 3DS unless it's a game where that's one of not even that it's a game that that's um, like a focus, but it, it's something that they you know included in. It, it's not just an afterthought. Um, mm-hmm. And in the Professor Layton games, it almost seems like it, an afterthought seems a, a little bit more dismissive than necessarily what I want, but something that is integral to the actual game itself. Uh, like yeah. the Mario games are great with this. Uh, mostly it's first party titles that I can think of, but um, I don't usually play with a 3D on and certainly not if I'm doing it on a commute or you know, any yeah. any kind of travel because that will mess with it pretty badly. But um, yeah, I remember liking this game pretty well. Um, I, I do get what you mean about the the associations, though. I don't know that I've told this story on a podcast. Well, on these podcasts before I probably did on the Some Other Castle podcast back in the day. But uh, there was a very long period where I could not eat gingerbread because, um, <laughs> yeah, I had my wisdom teeth out one year uh, uh, yeah. right around the Thanksgiving Christmas uh you know, time, time frame. And, um, I was home from college at the time. My mother had made gingerbread. Uh, I tried to eat it as one of the first semi-solid things that I ate, had a bad reaction to the medication and threw up gingerbread for two Mm. hours. So I like gingerbread again now, but I did not for quite a long time. It's, you know, so that's, that's my story about um, associations to terrible things. I try to be conscious of these associations as well and try to like steer myself away from things that well, I'm sure. going to want to associate positively later. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. It's like uh, if, I, if I get a new album, like I try to listen to it at a good time in my life because I don't want it to become like breakup songs, you know? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I, I also have one um, that, that 
I don't think is really good or bad, but I always associate the Dave Matthews album Under the Table and Dreaming with Space Harrier 2. I don't know. Hmm. It's just a thing that I played at the same time as I was listening to this album a lot. Uh, So, yeah, to this day, if I hear one of those songs, that's kind of what comes back at me. Um, Not not a good or a bad thing, really. It's just an association, weirdly enough. Let's uh, let's open up there and listen to some music from uh, Professor Layton and the Miracle Mask. typically like that kind of uh i don't want to call it like evil carnival music but like (laughs) something that just has like that that slightly darker edge but is still like a product of entertainment and attraction it has that like uh that intrigue to it you know how did you feel about the um the uh near automata automata I still don't mm. know which one is correct, but uh, <laughs> how, how did you feel about that soundtrack? Not, not We're not playing anything from it, but uh, that's something that I always think of now about oh, yes. the uh, kind of evil carnival slash. Uh, it is very good slash. from yes. start to end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, that's yeah. that was the association that I made to continue with a the theme. <laughs> you know, they, they keep putting out all these great like piano cover album and orchestral cover albums and stuff, but none of the cover albums ever hit my favorite track. The... Uh, what is it the become as gods and this cannot continue type of uh track yes Um, those ones never seem to hit the the cover uh, albums for some reason um which i'd I'd love to hear more versions of of that song is it i don't remember what it's called but uh i I, it might be i think it's called become as gods i maybe i i'm I'm not sure see i have so many titles like birth of dreams or something like that that, uh, that belongs to one song on the soundtrack but <laughs> yes. i just don't know which one Anyways, that soundtrack is matter. so <laughs> odd and interesting just because of how it kind of blends into itself over and over again so but yeah that's there is an evil carnival in that well there's yeah, evil, well, evil yeah. air quotes so yeah <laughs> that's right well let's uh move into another very recent game something from this year a uh, piece that i haven't played but we spoke a little bit tangentially about Life is Strange before, so uh, why don't you introduce sure. something else by the same studio? <laughs> yes. So I, th- this is actually kind of unusual for me. I'm not usually playing recent games all at the same time, uh, but uh, that's that was just how my, uh, my piece selections kind of fell in this time. Um, I am still playing uh, Vampire, uh, which is from the uh, same studio, as you mentioned, uh, Don't Nod, who did the, uh, the Life is Strange games. You can see kind of these some of the uh, the Life is Strange heritage in here. It's very dialogue heavy. Um, mm-hmm. I am playing it on kind of an easier difficulty because I had heard that the combat could get pretty fierce, and that wasn't really what I was here for uh, for this 
particular game. I, I more wanted the the story out of it. The combat is is good, and it's um you know if that's what you want, then there's certainly a lot there. But um I I'm more into the dialogue wheels and you know kind of the the everything that's going on that way. Mm-hmm. Um, which you you can I I could definitely tell that that's what uh that that was coming from this this same uh direction uh the the kind of story the basic storyline behind vampire is that you are a recently turned uh vampire in london in the uh early 20th century during the spanish flu uh and basically they are uh their story is that the spanish flu was essentially caused by vampirism um so it's you know it's a that's that's the very very simplified version and you are not only a vampire at this point, you are also a doctor. So you have the, the central kind of mechanic is that you get your experience points and spend your experience points uh, to kind of level up your skills and make you better at combat, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you can level up much faster if you choose to drink the blood of citizens in the area. But that also kind of makes things worse in the in the kind of world of the game. Uh, so it's it's a balance. My my character and I don't think that I would have been able to take this uh, this path personally. I'm, I'm sure that it definitely can be done, but it'd just be much more difficult. But um, my the way that I have been playing this game is my character is a doctor. I'm a doctor. I'm going to help people. I'm not going to kill all these people. I'm going to try and, you know, do this without doing that. Um, And you still level up. You still get experience, but it's much more slow. Uh, You can become so much more powerful if I had just decided to start eating people. But I'm not because I'm a doctor. I'm going to help them instead. So um, I a little bit of role playing there. We can all relate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't need to eat people. It's just something I do on the weekends occasionally. Um, But uh, yeah, it's it's very um, the soundtrack I like a lot. Um, it's very kind of heavy and gothic sounding. Um, very, very heavy on the cello. Um, and I, my personal musical background is in strings. So this is something that always appeals to me when it shows up. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that you get it too often in game soundtracks. I can't think of any recent ones where this has been kind of a focus. Um but this one is uh, it, it's it's very heavy. And I think I might have mentioned, did I mention Silent Hill already once? I'm going to mention it again, because yeah. a lot of these tracks kind of give me that this is the other Silent Hill. Yes, I did back at the suffering. That's right. Um, this is not the industrial Silent Hill side, but you can kind of get that like pulsing background from some of these tracks, including the, this one, uh, which is called Rich Neighborhoods. I like how that mixes with the uh, with the this cello uh, that you'll hear throughout. Very cool. I mean, obviously, as I've said numerous times, anything with the cello on it, I'm mm-hmm. going to be happy about. So let's uh, let's hop into The Rich Neighborhoods by Olivier Derive from Vampire or Vampire, just however you choose to. I say haven't that heard one anybody well. pronounce it as Vampire in game, but I, okay. I don't know. It's it could be either. I've, I've never heard a definitive. This is what the topic there. This, this is how the title is pronounced. So it could be either. I always read it as vampire. And again, I've yeah. told the story in the podcast before, but it's because uh, uh, in um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the the movie with Ooh, yes. um, with uh, Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves. Which I love and have watched recently. Oh, yes. Very recently, I, I love actually. that movie as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, Anthony Hopkins' character reads from a book uh, with the title spelled oh, the same yes. way. And he pronounces it vampire. And so I thought, you know what, if it was just vampire, why did they go through the trouble True. of spelling it like that? Well, I will <laughs> say that um, they, I don't know if this is specifically why they did that or not, but uh, you, you know, you do have a, a choice system, as I mentioned. And when you kind of come up to some pivotal choices, they don't really do the so-and-so will remember that thing, but they mm-hmm. do, um, you kind of get a... Um, it's actually a Y it's, you know, a red Y and you have three choices generally mm. that you can, oh, okay. if it's going to lead things in a particular direction. Um, that's also the little sign that they flash when, uh, when it's saving, like that's the auto save indicator is, is this red Y. Uh, so I don't know whether they decided to tie that in afterwards or if <laughs> the, the fact that they called it vampire with a Y uh, was why they uh, chose to ha- uh, involve, that mm. that kind of 
uh, signature uh, in the game, but um, it is a connection there. So That's interesting. Yeah. Well, just like a moment before a vampire's death, the stakes are high. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's listen to uh, Rich Neighborhoods. We have one track left today, and before we play that, we'd like to remind everyone to go over to the forum at canonrinse.com forum to request your own favorite tracks. We will play a selection of those on uh, each normal show uh, coming up in the future. If, you've, or if you are just joining us, episode 172, you never know. <laughs> Could could happen. Uh, we've got some. Uh, we we generally have some fun stuff every tenth uh, sound of play. We do a, a big special. We talked about the Persona special earlier. We talked about the Halloween special, which was two weeks ago, back on the Sound of Play one seventy, which released on Halloween Day itself, which is very satisfying. <laughs> Find some of those. Track those down. So anything that ends with a zero, pretty much, is going to be a good time. Uh, and then uh, catch up with the rest of it as well. Was 80 the Persona special? Am I thinking correctly? Or was that the Katamari special? Those are those are the two that mm. I'm a little biased because I was on both of them, but they're both really good. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah um, well, either way, uh, you can track down the yes. Katamari special or the Persona special or any of our specials yeah. on uh, com. We have the entire... Uh, backlog of both Canon Rinse and Sound of Play podcasts there for your listening pleasure. Uh, we also do have a Patreon. Uh, you can find us, Canon Rinse, where you can support both of the shows. Uh, we do uh, a lot of work goes into it, and sometimes it is uh, more work than uh, is really necessary or anyone's asking for. <laughs> 
but we have a good time. Uh, but you know, it is still a, a time commitment and uh, every little bit of contribution does end up making a huge difference to the amount of uh, time and work and uh, production quality hardware, software that we're able to put into it. We appreciate every contribution that we receive for as little as a dollar a month. There are some nice uh, bonuses there as well, uh, which we generally list out. But, you know, it's uh, early peaks at the uh, podcast before everyone else gets them. There are some uh, exclusive podcasts that are just kind of a banter cast between uh, Jay and Leon. Um, all sorts of stuff. So hop over to the Patreon. It's a it's a nice place to be. If I can just insert a quick plug for that as well. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that you do get for the Patreon subscription is extended versions for most of the regular Cane and Rinse podcasts. And uh, one that I am especially proud of is we recently recorded, uh, we are in the midst of a Final Fantasy series. Uh, and we recently recorded our Final Fantasy VI episode. And the extended version of that is very extensive. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I think that it's a very <laughs> good one. Well. So, oh, yes. Uh, oh, you edited that one. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Um, but yes, it's it's um, it's, it's a, a lot one. of good content, and uh, and you know it is it is as you say um, as little as a dollar a month, and we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cane rinse normally two hours a week, but yes. the extended cuts are there for Patreon. But don't be sad; they're quite fun. They're very thorough. Let's say <laughs> yes, that is true. We're going to have to now ask you to uh, put the kitties to bed. Uh, Goodbye, everyone, with uh, sensitive sensibilities. Sound of play after dark incoming. That's right. We played some Leisure Suit Larry earlier, but that is not as dirty as we're going to get today. Um, In fact, we had played on uh, one of the earlier Sound of Plays, uh, Leon requested, actually, the piece Soprano from Conker's Bad Fur Day. It is the theme song, the operatic boss battle of the Great Mighty Pooh. And what I stumbled upon recently, which I'm surprised that I hadn't encountered before because I love Conker's Bad Fur Day. This is kind of my thing. Like, I love the Great Mighty Pooh boss battle. I found this great overclocked remix. It's a uh, like a rock opera with a bit of like a metal tinge to it as well called Poop. Uh, <laughs> it is written by or not written, I suppose, is performed by uh, Brandon Strader. And uh, it came on a on an overclocked remix album put out in 2013 called Badass Volume 2 that is mostly boss themes. And uh, yeah, this this version of the Great Mighty Pooh theme song just kicks a lot of ass. I love it a lot. It's um, There's quite a bit of, uh, of swearing and naughty language and toilet humor in there, as you would expect. So if you're not into that kind of thing, then uh, yeah, feel free to to turn off and uh, goodbye, everyone. We're <laughs> thanks for joining us. But for those of you, who... All right now that the squares are gone, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I I have not played Conquer's Bad Fur Day. It is one of my um my kind of the ones that got away. Is it on the uh, the Rare Replay collection? Because I have it that. Is yes, okay. it's a little complicated. Has it held up at all? You know, I think it's really like how much affection you have for like Banjo-Kazooie and Mario 64 because it is very, very specifically a parody of that point in video game Uh, history. Okay. I think that I would like to uh, to give it a shot at least. I, I it, yeah. it might not be the same as you know if I were playing it back in the day, but uh, I, I I still like playing those kind of games. I'm not I'm not a the the type that will uh, discount something just because it's older. I play a lot of older games, um, so yeah, I think maybe that's something that I should uh, put on my radar for soonish. <laughs> I definitely recommend, and it's um, even at the time it was very uneven mm-hmm. in the. Uh, the game from moment to moment can vary between stuff that uh, that's really funny, that works really well, the platforming's really fun, to stuff where it's like, ooh boy, this could have used a couple more months of development. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if I don't mind like rough edges in my comedy, sure, um, not just like content wise, but I mean like level of production wise. Uh, and there's something that's kind of that's kind of endearing and unique about it's unplanned feeling uh, the feeling that they're making it up as they go, which almost certainly they were the fact that the storylines almost never arc appropriately or that sometimes mechanics are used once and never seen again for good reason sure. off often, um, you know, and then of course there was the, uh, 
I should say the N64 version was included in the Rare Replay bundle on the Xbox One. Uh, They also released Live and Reloaded, which was a remake of uh, Bad Fur Day on the Xbox, which is backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Uh, I believe it upscales to 4K. (laughs) And um, that is also a good way to experience the game, but I wouldn't recommend that for somebody's first time through. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like hit and miss between the two because... Live and Reloaded does smooth over a lot of the mechanical problems of Bad Fur Day. Sure. Especially the third-person shooter segments control so, so, so much better in uh, (laughs) Live and Reloaded than they do in the N64 version. But I feel like because it is so specifically a parody of N64 platformers, it feels right to have that, like, visual style and everything. Uh, And then some of the, like content changes of uh, changing some of the jokes and everything I don't think work quite as well or land quite as well in Live and Reloaded. But anyways, that's uh, that's a whole other thing that I'm not going to get into. I suppose I just did. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I I would recommend uh, playing through Bad Fur Day. And if you really like it, then uh, Live and Reloaded is a different enough experience to play as well. Like, afterwards because uh it's also really cool to like compare the two experiences and see like oh look how far the graphical graphical upgrades have come um it's quite lavish and uh almost too ornate but (laughs) it's uh it's really something it's it's quite a looker even still by by way of explanation uh, a little bit i guess um i was very recently thinking about uh deadly premonition which Mm. i love so i am not anti uh games (laughs) being a little uh janky or um (laughs) or or not quite polished enough or weird um a sweary man he's I love him, but uh, but yeah, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I would have a problem with it that way. Uh, so yeah, cool. Very cool. Well, this is poop, and that's what we're going to leave Very you out on. This is an overclocked <laughs> remix based on the most memorable moment of Conker's Bad Fur Day. We'll uh, see you next week. <laughs> oh, it's the biggest shit I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat?
really quite simple. You have no chance to survive in here. You don't even know which train you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? Have some more caviar! My butt! Your butt! My butt! Yeah! Alright! Here we go! Oh, uh...